1: And deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
2: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to the official 50th. Edition of on to the next one and Woo! what an event to matchmake for on this historic occasion UFC 264 is in the books we had some questions answered we have questions unanswered and while some rivalries got some closure the main rivalry that this fight car was built around may not have gotten that closure following Dustin Poirier's TKO win over Conor McGregor we will discuss that And a lot more in a matter of moments. First of all, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for being on this road with us for 50 episodes plus. I should put that caveat in there. And joining me as always is the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the best friend, and the prince of positivity, Mr. Alexander Cayley. A.K. Happy 50, my friend.
3: Happy 50th to you, uh, to many more, you know, hopefully to many more. Uh, I'm in a good mood after that card. I saw a lot of people say not a lot of people. I saw a few comments. You know, by the way, you know, I sh- we should say guys. Anytime we say a lot of people, sometimes in the when we're on these, you know, discussion shows, we, we it's usually like one or a few comments we read on Twitter. It's just how we talk. It's just how we talk in the in the so-called MMA media these days. But no, yeah, I definitely saw a few comments because you know uh, they did, you know the Burns Thompson wasn't like a burn burner, and because. The main event ended the way it did. Some people were like, ah, this card wasn't that good. This was a, I thought top to bottom, this was a really strong card. Good finishes, competitive fights. I also probably liked the Burns Thompson fight more than uh, some other people did. So, you know, mileage may vary there. But even if you didn't like that fight, I think everything that preceded it and and just the drama around the top two fights, I think it was, I thought it was a really good card. So, man, I'm in a good mood, Mike. I am, as usual, we are a little sleep deprived after these uh, mega events, but ready and raring to go. Very excited.
2: Yes, my wife is a saint. She uh, <clears throat> she made breakfast this morning, some, oh, a her. half a bagel, some eggs, some bacon. Like, the whole upstairs of my house smells like delicious bacon right now. And <clears throat> after I ate that, I, like, laid back down, fell back asleep, didn't even realize it. I don't know if it was actual sleep or if I was just overly delirious from, from last night. <laughs> but I looked at my phone, and it was like... 9:45. i was like oh my god i was like i don't remember the last time i've ever slept until like 9:45. and then i caught what your a- dm on slack and i was like well we gotta do this thing we got a show
3: to do i gotta get up what a, what a king you are what a medieval what a medieval king this man stays up all night watching blood sport <laughs> passes out wakes up to bacon so- soaked in bacon grease probably eating this bacon with no shirt on just soaked in bacon grease and then just falls back asleep and then wakes up to, to do his job whenever he wants. What a king. Mike, you are my kick. I know. What I a be- man amongst men. <laughs> I got a, a box this feeling up, AK. Uh, <laughs> a-
2: a- as we start with the main event, Dustin Poirier versus Connor McGregor 3. AK, this was supposed to be the one to put this rivalry to bed forever. Connor looks good early. He had that swag to him. When he came out and made that walk to the cage, I got to tell you, there are a lot of people in the MMA media space, and I'm not just saying that because it's like Tupio. I'm saying like a lot of people are like, man, I think Connor might do it. Like, he just has that look in his eyes. So Connor comes out, he throws the leg kicks like I thought he would. Dustin starts to land some big shots. Connor jumps a, 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 a guillotine, which I didn't see coming. Dustin escapes, lands big punches and elbows on McGregor. He busts up his ear. Connor gets back to his feet with some alleged tomfoolery with the glove grab, according to Poirier. But then they both throw big shots. Connor steps back, the ankle snaps, and the fight is over. So, AK, let me get your reaction to that five minutes of action to close this card out and then go ahead and state the obvious in terms of matchmaking for Dustin Poirier.
3: Again, super thrilling stuff for as long as it lasted. Uh, Again, it's a shame it didn't last longer. Uh, You know, best wishes to McGregor on recovering. It's 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 hard to break this one down to analyze, you know, uh, uh, after the the second uh, fight with Poirier, after he lost to Poirier, there, it was easy to write a think piece. I did one. You know, I was saying like, oh, he's the man who has everything. It, nothing new, you know, just he, he's become so successful. How do you regain that edge? How do you how do you possibly regain that hunger that so many so many of his peers have? And again, pretty obvious take on it. I stand by it. I do think it's difficult. But that I mean, even if that is still true going into this fight. It doesn't account for the injury. You know, there's no way for us to say, oh, it's just it's just such a freak thing. Uh, Credit to Poirier. He says he may have checked a kick that might have affected it. Both guys were landing leg kicks. So sure, there may have been some uh, some breaking down of the area, but the actual injury itself was replayed very clearly. Uh, It just looked like a very awkward step. I think I still think those canvases are a menace, Mike. I, I don't know. I don't think he stepped on an ad that time. But Sean O'Malley said earlier in the evening it was hard for him to get his footing to like really like load up for like a finishing strike and uh, again excuses sure but he's not he's not the first fighter to complain about these canvases so uh, this again it is a freak thing I'm I'm throwing out all kinds of mini explanations for why this injury happens so uh, very unfortunate but exciting and as you said at the top of the show Mike not not conclusive uh, I don't want to see the fight again but. I will. I, it's it would be asinine for me to argue that, like, oh, this was a definitive win for Poirier. He's he's clearly the better fighter. I think he's the better fighter. I think I've seen enough. I think a lot of people have seen enough. But I it's it's it, it is impossible for me to make a definitive statement and say, uh you know, that the fight couldn't have gone the other way. I think Poirier was on his way to a win. But who's to say an MMA right McGregor did look good uh, at, at certain portions of, of the first round. So, I mean, Mike, go ahead. Like you said, it's pretty obvious what's next. I, I'll, I'll let you go first.
2: Yeah, I mean, t- to, to kind of build upon what you just said, I, I'm with you. Like, I didn't think much was going to change, but I would have liked to have seen what the start of the second round would have been like. Like what? What adjustments could Connor have made in that sixty seconds before the first and second rounds? Like, would he come out and just be super leg kick heavy, like over and over again? And if he was, how much effect would that have for Poirier heading into rounds three, four, and five? Because my my thought, like that first round went outside of Connor jumping a guillotine, which I definitely didn't see coming. That first round <laughs> looked exactly the way I thought it was going to go. Very competitive. Connor landing the leg kicks. Kind of putting money in the bank, so to speak, and it just ended in such a bizarre way. Like it was a really competitive first round. Poirier got all the momentum because Connor was on his back for most for like the second half of the round. But I just, it's just one of those things where you, you dive down the rabbit hole and you ask all these hypothetical questions. Like, what would have happened in, in the second round? Like, what if Connor had success with leg kicks in round two? Like, what would Poirier have done in round three? Like, it puts you in this position where you can think about this fight in so many different ways for like an hour and a half. But we're not going to do that here. But listen, AK, this is just too easy. Nothing fancy. And, and, and you're so eloquent in your in in your in your, oh. your your thoughts about this fight. But Dacipori is fighting for the title. He's fighting Charles Oliveira. Hopefully we see that fight at the end of the year. This is the only fight to make. This is the fight that will happen. Nothing else will happen. This is it. I wish there was some sort of curveball I could throw. A, a swerve, if you will. But it's not going to happen. So... For Conor AK, this might be a first for this here show because of what you just said, where I choose one fighter for the winner, but the loser, my pick, is still the winner of the fight. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that the second Conor McGregor is cleared to fight again, he's fighting Dustin again. Like, whether he's the champion or not, immediately, ASAP, ASAP, that is the fight they're going to book. Who knows how long it'll take to get to this point because... It is Sunday morning as you record. Connor is expected to go into surgery sometime this morning. But whenever that is, that will be the fight. I have zero doubts in my mind. I knew Dana White was going to come right on the presser and be like, nope, we're doing it again. That fight's happening for a fourth time. I don't have much more of an explanation, AK. That's just
3: what's going to happen. Do you agree with me? I I can't even complain about it because (laughs) if you're Poirier, if you're Poirier, it is still the most lucrative fight you can make. It should be the Charles Olivera fight. Of course. Of course, it should be Poirier versus Olivera. If we're just talking about the, the sport of it, the sport of MMA, the sporting aspect, Mike, it should be Poirier versus Olivera. I think the best fight you can make at 155 pounds right now, it's just an awesome matchup. I, I will. I don't want this to become a matchup that they miss out on. I don't, I don't want this to become, it could become a Habib Ferguson thing where, uh, and again, uh, hard to blame the UFC and the matchmakers for that. They booked it multiple times and it just fell through. But I, I, I think if you have a chance to book it now, you just can't risk anything bad happening to him in the future. So should it fall through? Obviously, then you have McGregor waiting the wings to fight either guy, but uh, depending on the, the nature of the injury, of course. But I I just, I don't want it. I don't want to see, I did not enjoy the hype leading up to it. Uh, I, I agree. It's an awesome matchup of and, and McGregor. It's an awesome matchup anytime they're in there. So it's, it's hard to argue against that. And again, if, if Poirier wants the money, uh, he said it himself after, he didn't like a lot of the, trash that mcgregor was talking after so there's still that personal aspect it's not just about the money the, it is but you can also sell the personal aspect of it it's just it's just escalated so much and it's become so deeply personal that uh it can certainly happen but gosh i don't want it like i do not want that next for mcgregor or poirier i want i want Rafael dos años i would like to see that fight it's crazy mm-hmm. that connor loses
2: and it was an unfortunate ending but it was a clear like t- i mean, I know, I think two of the judges gave Poirier a 10 8 round in that first round. It's amazing that even after getting 10 8ed in the one round of the fight, you have more options than you had heading into it. Like, you still have the Nate fight that's always there. Now you have yep. this Poirier fight that's always there. You could do the RDA fight if you want, you could still do all. you could still do a million different things. And, like, it's fine. Like, Connor like, still has plenty of options and very lucrative options. Mike, can I be uh,
3: unprofessional for a moment? <laughs> you sure can, AK. Can I have, can we have introduced AK's unprofessional minute? Uh, we're just, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, we don't know if we will make this a permanent segment. Just give me a, an AK uh, unprofessional minute starting now. Uh, McGregor, all his post by talking. What a petulant ass. What a petulant ass. I mean it Like when I, I, I just like before I said, I, I, I mean it when I say, I hope he gets home safely to his family and all that. And I hope. Uh, you know, this is, this isn't a, you know, an injury that is too, has too deleterious an effect on his career, but I just, it, again, like I said, I didn't like the stuff he was saying up to it. I had a feeling, uh, no matter what happened, we weren't going to get that sort of post fight, you know, uh, cause McGregor generally uh, immediately after the fight is pretty cordial with most of his opponent. And, and then all the, you know, all the bad stuff comes out later this time. I was like, I have a feeling no matter what happens, it's going to be bad. And then when he got injured, I understand he's frustrated in the moment. Blood is running. Joe Rogan's sticking a microphone in his face. Uh, So, you know, emotions are high, but man, you got to have a little more. You got to have a little more composure than that. I felt like we saw the real man there. We saw not someone selling a fight or a future fight, someone who really is just a bad dude uh, and was saying stuff about, again, still saying stuff about Poirier's wife. And this unprofessional minute has gone on way too long, but I just, all this nastiness, it left a really. Bitter taste in my mouth, and I I I don't want to see them fight again. Even though I think you're right, it's uh it's probably option one on the UFC uh, uh, UFC matchmaker schedule right now.
2: Yeah, I mean let's let me just be clear for those listening who want to like take a shot. Poirier's next fight is Oliveira because I think we're not going to see Connor fight again this year. If if we do, it'll be a miracle. And if he does fight again this year, it won't be against Dustin Poirier. But we have to just sort of assume just the way his. The bottom of his leg looked in that moment which is nasty and by the way i blame my older brother bob who literally every time he's ordered a ufc pay-per-view or i've watched a ufc pay-per-view with him a leg snaps every single one like it's under he's undefeated he texted me last night he was like i cannot believe another leg snapped every pay-per-view he actually goes out and buys something like that happens it's just it's just crazy so yeah i'm, I'm with you I blame McGregor for sure. You are responsible for your own actions, but I blame the UFC just as much. Why even interview him in that moment? Come on now. Like I, I understand everything. Like you got enough sizzle and spice from Poirier. You didn't need to interview McGregor, get his ass out of the cage and bring him to the hospital. Let's just enough. We don't need a post fight interview in that moment. Connor will go on social media and say everything he has to say. Did not need to hear from Connor in that moment, but that's just my opinion. We got what we got. It was an ugly moment. Now we get a promo for the next fight because you know the UFC is going to take that entire promo and build
3: the fourth fight with what Conor said in that octagon. It's crazy. Speaking but, of social media, Mike, he actually did do a post a few hours ago. You need me. It was like you need was, me yes, or something. Simply, yeah, simply an image of him on the stretcher, outraged, uh, looking looking very upset, and then saying, "You need people like me." Jolie Poirier is the
2: MVP of the night, though, by the way, with the, uh, <laughs> yes. with, with the middle finger. The <laughs> flipping him off. Or whoever took the screenshot and put it on yes. social media. Social media yeah. is just, un, it's undefeated. It's unbeatable.
3: I, I know it's on Michael Chiesa's Twitter account. I think it's, it's everywhere. But if you guys haven't seen it, I think one place you can definitely find it, Michael, Michael Chiesa's uh, Twitter account. He, he definitely has uh, put the screenshot out there. And called her Thug Wife. Thug yeah, Wife? Thug Wife.
0: So good. Uh, so that's the main event.
1: And deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
2: Co-main event. And AK, you said something that I completely agreed with earlier, and maybe I, I might even take it a step further. We saw Gilbert Burns, or as I like to to now call him, if you watched the uh, the post-fight press conference stream last night, Gilbert Burns, who, in my opinion, AK, he had an A plus night on Saturday. Was the fight the most exciting fight ever? Not really. But Gilbert Burns did what he had to do to beat a guy that is very difficult to not only defeat, but to look good at all against. And Gilbert goes in there, gets it done. He yells at the crowd at the final horn. He's yelling, what? What? Rattling everybody. Getting everybody fired up. People are emotionally invested in what Gilbert Burns is doing. Then he gets on the microphone, and he does like a little baby face thing where he's going to apologize for not getting a finish and then he turns heel and cuts a heel promo. Boomy, boomy, boomy. And then he calls out three names that all make at least some sense, A.K. Jorge Mazdal, Nate Diaz, and Leon Edwards. Which of these three names do you
3: like? Or maybe you don't like any of them and there's somebody <laughs> else out there. None of them. I went outside the box on this one. Not that I'm saying any of those are bad. Those are all cool uh this is this is a combination of what i think would be cool to happen slash what i think is also likely to happen um there's just a lot of politics involved when you get with masvidal and uh, nate diaz uh leon i also shied away it's just like i i i know every time leon edwards comes up i'm sure i've said this multiple times in other shows something to the effect of like gosh does leon edwards have to jump through this hoop and jump through this hoop and jump through this hoop and the fact is, he probably does. He probably does. It's—I don't know how many straight fights he's gonna has to win, but for whatever reason, in the eyes of the matchmakers and in the eyes of a large segment of the fans, he just hasn't got that signature victory for some reason to put him over the top. I feel he has. I say give him that rematch with Usman, but I—I I get it. So, but so again, that's for—that's not for me. I understand people calling for it. I want to see him fight uh, Metal Chiesa. If Michael Keza beats uh, Vicente Luque at UFC 265 on August 7th. At first, I was just thinking, oh, the winner of that fight. But specifically Chiesa, uh, Luque and Burns are very close friends. They've trained together many, 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 many times. Uh, and I believe Luque has said he he probably would never fight uh, Gilbert Burns. I don't even know if he put the clause in there like, oh, if it was for a title we would fight. It just sounds like he doesn't even want to think about fighting Gilbert Burns. So that's not likely to happen. So if Keza beats him, a little bit of a revenge angle there. Also, Keza would have won five straight if that's the case and just needs that again he deserves a top five opponents so i'm going outside the big name sorry gilbert i know it's uh it, it'd be cool to fight a diaz or fight a at all but i think uh gets gets that win over luke storylines there it makes a lot of sense
2: yeah there'd be just like a fun like after the negativity and how ufc 264 ended a fight like michael chiesa and gilbert burns would be like the complete opposite of that because Kiesa, but the both guys have so much respect for each other. And Michael Kiesa told me in an interview last year that he believes when his career ends, Gilbert Burns will be his greatest professional rival. Not from like a trash-talking standpoint, but he feels like Burns' style and what Kiesa brings to the table, there'd just be like a professional rivalry where like fans would just want to see them fight over and over again because it'd be such an interesting matchup. But uh, I would like to see that. That's not what I'm going with. I'm going with the more obvious answer. And let me just throw out there that I've given up on this Leon Edwards versus Jorge Mazadal fight. I've officially given up on it. It should have happened already. It should happen next, but I doubt it will happen next because what I think will end up happening is we'll see the rematch between Mazadal and, and Nate Diaz after the way the main event of the evening played out last night. That one was a hard sell when they were talking about Mazadal Diaz to like last year. But now it makes perfect sense for both guys. So that leaves Leon Edwards, who is, like you said, as unfair as it may seem, he's going to have to get another win before he fights for the title again. It's just the way that it is. And if Colby ends up getting that fight with Usman and wins, and I believe he does, you know they're going to run it back. It'll, we'll see Covington-Usman three. And then after that, Burns could get that shot still before Leon Edwards possibly. So let's just do Burns-Edwards. If Edwards wins... He gets the title shot. There's no other hoop he needs to jump through. If Burns wins, he either fights Colby for the belt or he could play the welterweight version of Caitlin Chukay again and just knock off every contender. You want to fight Usman for the title, you got to get through me. And I ain't going to let you. So I, I like the fight. Burns Edwards is really interesting to me, and there's really nothing else that makes sense here. Although Chiesa, if he beats Luke, A, I would like to see that one too.
3: There's always another hoop for Edwards to jump through. I'm so sorry, Leon, but it's just, this is, this is the fight. This is, I shouldn't just say the fight business. This is the UFC business. There's always, there's always another hype, uh, uh, another hoop. And it's a cool, it's a great fight. I'd love to see an Edwards fight uh, Gilbert Burns, but man, that's so tough. That's you, so tough. Leon, just give Leon the title shot. You know what happened
2: too, right? Like it would be like him and Burns would fight like in a main event. It'd be five rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, Leon would be like. Leon would be winning heading into the fifth and like something mm-hmm.
3: weird would happen and then like someone's Leon... cup with someone's uh, jock strap with the strap would break and fall yeah. out of their shorts and then feel like oh he didn't bring an extra well I don't know why they usually bring it somehow he didn't bring an extra or we, or we can't put an extra on during the <laughs> middle of a fight and we're only we're only at the uh, two minutes into the third round so we're not halfway through uh, this is gonna have to be a no contest yeah
2: yeah Leon, Leon would it would just be Leon would win like some controversial <laughs> split decision where like nobody thought he won and he still doesn't get a title shot. It's just insane. But, okay, one of the big stars of the night was Tai Tuivasa. He knocks out Greg Hardy. The crowd goes crazy. They were with him the entire time, from the Spice Girls walkout to the final shoey he did inside the T-Mobile arena. The man gets a bonus. I think he did four shoeies total in celebration, which is friggin' disgusting. But he was a big hero in Las Vegas on Saturday night. He goes out there. He gets cracked by Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy's pointing to the center of the cage. Ty is like, uh, okay, dude. <laughs> so Tuivasa gets cracked, he gets angry, and then he landed a ferocious left hand. Hardy goes down in a heap, and that is all she wrote. And AK, I thought a couple of things. One, Ty Tuivasa, big moment for him. And two, mystery solved. Because we've talked about this a lot on not no. only this program. no. But other programs since like. June fifth, when this man was stopped by Martine Tybura, I think you do the Walt Harris fight. Oh God! Because, but listen, listen to my reasoning. Though. I know Go because ahead. if there's one guy right now in this division that you wouldn't feel downright awful about watching beat Walt Harris if that were to happen, it's probably Tai Tuivasa. And two, this is like the perfect stylistic matchup for Walt because everyone wants to see Walt Harris like. Fight wrestlers right now, like why? Why are we take? Why are we throwing Walt Harris in there with guys who are just gonna take him down and like try to pound him out? Let's give Walt a fight against a guy. And listen, like whether it's Tytua Vasa or anybody in this division, it's heavyweight. One one punch, one solid clean connection can end a fight. So why not give to Vasa that shot against a guy who like a, a matchup between Walt and Tytua Vasa stylistically is it's a fifty fifty fight. Both guys have one punch life-changing power. And Walt's not gonna get taken down in this fight whatsoever. So those two guys can go in there and just swing leather at each other. It's a fair fight for both guys. And no matter what happens, like even if you feel bad for Walt losing, it's it's tied to Ivasa. It's tied to Ivasa. Like you can't be that upset about it. So that's my pick, AK. That's my pick. We do two versus Walt Harris. I, I don't think any other fight for Walt makes sense, and it's it's a good opportunity for Tuaasa as well.
3: Yeah, sorry, no, that, that's that's not that bad. Sorry, in my mind, I was, uh, for some reason, I was thinking about uh, Hardy and uh, and uh, Walt Harris, which will come up later, by the way. This will come up later in the, a uh, s- little, little spoiler for people, this will come up later in the listener uh, discussion. So, uh, yeah, no, no, yeah, Tui Vasa and, and Walt Harris is fine. Again, uh, it's kind of like what I said about Edwards. It's like, I could I could try forever to find the perfect matchup for Walt Harris. There's no such thing. There's no perfect matchup for Walt Harris. At some point he just has to go in there and, and get the job done against somebody. Uh, and you're right. It, it, him him versus Taito Ibasa, I think would be a really super friendly build up. Uh, it'd be a fun fight. It's one of those fights that I would hope turns to one of those three round heavyweight slugfests and not like a, you know, 45 second knockout because it'd be one of those ones where both guys you know in the third round would be would be just touching gloves all the time, cracking each other, probably throwing a few hugs in there. <laughs> So uh, yeah, if by some chance it, it, it became one of those extended heavyweight fights, it, it would be a really good one. It'd be fun to watch. So yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I went with a more boring choice. I just kind of went like looking at my rankings. Uh, Tony Boss deserves a step up in competition. Who's not booked? Who hasn't he already fought? Who's not too far ahead of him? And I settled on uh, the always electrifying Augusto Sakai. So uh, to me, to, that seemed like the obvious pick to me. That was just like again, I'm I'm like okay, the, there's just not just uh, process of elimination Augusto Sakai. So, um, they're kind of trending in opposite directions. Sakai is on a two fight losing streak, but he is in my rankings anyway, ahead of, uh, of tie to So, uh, yeah, th- this is, j- this is a, this is a clinical, uh, matchmaking choice for me. Not, not one of the heart, one of the, one of the brain, Mike.
2: Yeah. I, I, I just going through kind of a spoiler and I'm not going to read every single one of them, but that seems mm-hmm. to be a popular consensus yeah, amongst same, the, yeah. uh, the Otno folks. Uh, AKA, it was a tremendous performance from Irini Aldana. She absolutely sparked Yana Kunitskaya. And honestly, this is MMA. This is a vicious sport. Things happen when punches and kicks are thrown. But there are rare certain times in the sport where I just feel bad for fighters. Where I legitimately feel bad for them. And I legitimately felt bad for Yana Kunitskaya last night. Because Aldana just put the wood to her. And she did it in a way where it was almost, like, too ruthless, where it lasted several seconds longer than it could have. Like, it, I felt like Aldada could have stopped the fight and, like, put the finishing touches on it at really any point in the fight. But she she, she almost, like, allowed it to painfully drag on longer than it needed to. And it was a great performance. I actually felt bad for Yada Kuditskaya. But the one thing that dings it a bit was the weight miss. And it was a big weight miss. She took responsibility for it and kudos to her for doing that. But if I know my best friend, AK, I know that there's a high probability that she will not be getting a title fight next, that she will not get a massive step up for her next fight. Is that how you're feeling, AK? What are your what are your thoughts on the future of Irini Aldana after that performance?
3: I was shaking my head, Mike, in agreement. Shaking my head in, you know, as in you're right. I did not think as highly of that win as I would like to, missing weight by 3.5 pounds. You know, she she, she said her reasons. Uh, she said her reasons. You can read those on MMAfighting.com. Of course, you know, there's just biological reasons why it was difficult for her. Uh, the timing was just off for her to to make weight. And 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 for again, listen for uh, for a lot of uh, women fighters, I do think that's legitimate excuse but at the same time uh you miss you know you miss the weight you miss i'm sure she's not the only one who goes through these things so uh it really sucks weight cutting in general sucks So Irene adana aldona I, I sympathize with you that you even have to be part of this you know ridiculous uh gamesmanship that is that uh is part of a um, uh, high level mma but so it is so uh yes no but as a penalty good for her for getting the win she maintains her spot in, uh, in our rankings but she cannot move up not in my opinion she cannot get a title shot in fact, she has to go back and take on a tough opponent, uh, undefeated in the UFC so far. So far, Carol uh, Rosa. I think Keral Rosa. Uh, she's going to fight Betschcoheya on October 2nd. Uh, Pech Correa, what 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 it is expected to be Betschcoheya's retirement fight, long, highly anticipated uh, retirement fight. And win or lose, actually, I think Rosa is the matchup for Aldana. I, I I would obviously pick her to win, even if she doesn't, even if this turns out to be uh, you know Pech uh storybook ending to her career. Rosa would still be 3-1 and one in the UFC. Again, this is a step back for Aldana. It, I think it's what she has to do after missing weight like that. So definitely no title shot. There's other probably uh, more veteran names she could fight, but I'm, I'm definitely set on Carl Rosa, who really, I think is a good test for her. Weight miss, not weight miss. And I know
2: the rankings say one thing, but the perception speaks something different. I think I think it's pretty easy. I think she gets the winner of Aspen Lad versus Macy Chias on no matter what happens. That makes sense. She won't get home again. She won't get GDR. She won't get the loser of the title fight. She won't get that the she won't get the winner of the title fight coming up on August 7th. I think this is fine. I I I think that's fine. Like probably like after a performance like that, she's not going to get what she should probably deserve had she made weight. But she still like, doesn't take a massive step back. If Aspen Ladd goes out there and, ma- and beats Macy on, I think that's a fine fight. And that's a, that, that's a fine number one contender fight, too. I, I think that's a fine number one contender fight because we don't know what's going on with Holly Holm. We don't know what's going on with Jermaine Durand and me. And you know what? When those two are ready, those two are fighting each other. Like Why has this not happened already after that debacle at UFC 208? So, yeah, if it, no matter who wins that fight, especially if it's Aspen Ladd, it's a no-brainer. You do Ladd versus Aldana.
3: How do you feel about uh, uh, Raquel Pennington, Penny Kianzad, winner, September eighteenth? Or does that not have the same like number one contender appeal to it? I
2: don't know. I think Aspen is probably in a better spot. Penny's look great, man. She she has, and we've seen Aldana Pennington before, so there's a story there because most people thought that Aldana beat Pennington, and it was mm-hmm. kind of a bad decision. Mm-hmm, uh, it wasn't a great fight. It was also Aldana's UFC debut of memory surgery correctly. So uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, but I think the winner of that fight is is just fine. As we move to the to the bantamweight division, A.K. Sean O'Malley gets a third round TKO win over a super durable New Englander and Chris Mutino. First off, go ahead. I'm not going to gloat. I'm not going to yes, gloat. Yes, do it. Why? Because because it. it was the fight of the night, and I was laughed at and chastised. <laughs> From the fans and all these people like, oh my God, Sean's going to murder this man. And I told you, I told you that Moutinho is going to be in his face the entire time. Did I not, did I not say that the second that fight starts, he's going to be right after Sean O'Malley? And he was for 14 minutes and 33 seconds, I think it was. The entire time Moutinho just got in his face and was getting, he was getting crushed. I mean, 230 strikes is insane to absorb, but like, after getting dropped badly in the first round, he got clipped in the third, and things are starting to get hairy again. But Moutinho wasn't like crushed. So so let me let me just ask you this. I'm not gonna gloat, even though I was right, this is the fight of the night. Can I can I get your take on the actual stoppage of the fight? Was it was it the right call from Herb Dean, or was it the wrong call from Herb Dean?
3: It was the right call. It maybe was a bit and and, and the, here's a screwed up about it. It, it was somehow uh, could be perceived as both uh, early uh, because, I mean, it was, you know, the fight was almost over. So people were like, why even stop it at that point? Just give him the extra 30 seconds. And also late, because I think a lot of us who agreed with the stoppage also agreed, well, if you're going to stop it because he's, you know, O'Malley's just straight up putting the wood on him, couldn't you have done this in the second round? Was there not a flurry in the second round where this could have happened? Was there not a moment er earlier in the third where this could have happened? I watched the fight pretty closely and I actually... Think uh, that Mutino did like the way when it when it was finished. That was the closest O'Malley was to legitimately knocking him out. Like he was really putting it on. Like we're talking several unanswered shots. If some if someone can find a, like isolate another sequence in that fight where Mutino was eating that many unanswered shots within like that 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 span of time, I, I'll absolutely stand corrected again. I, I didn't memorize the fight. I could totally be wrong, because because O'Malley did dominate dominate that whole fight. He was lighting him up the whole time. But but uh, Herb Dean, who I've been very critical of in the past, and I, and I still am. I, I still think he has more off nights than he has good nights, if we're being honest. I will not uh, get on him for this one. It is not his job. It is not Herb Dean's job to, to uh, call a fight uh, based on the amount of time that's left. Uh, or, sorry, decide when or when not to call a fight based on how much time is left. That's not his job. It's when he thinks the fight is over and one fighter can't continue. Now, he's been very wrong about this in the past. <laughs> very wrong. Again, we don't need to go down the list of and just re- fights they either called too early or called too late and had a scratching our heads. this one he gave uh mutino a bit of a warning at the beginning of this flurry uh, uh when o'malley was putting it on i'm kind of like you gotta you know fight back fight back and then he waited for a few more shots then he called it so i thought he actually did a really really good job i understand it's almost looked arbitrary it, it wasn't he uh, uh mutino wasn't knocked down It wasn't even the case where, you know, we see most standing TKOs where the guy's like against the fence and it looks like Oh, maybe the fence is holding him up. So the referee has to get in there because the guy just can't fall down He was in the middle a standing TKO in the middle of the octagon, which we rarely see and I know that was strange for people I had no issue with the stoppage. I so her again. I'm very critical. I think you did a great job uh, With that stoppage. I know how the optics looked. I know it was an unsatisfactory ending 25 more seconds of punishment is not going to change anything, in my opinion. Okay, so if Herb Dean
2: stopped it after the first round or after the second, like right before the third round, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would have no issue with it whatsoever. In fact, I was actually, I, I think for a moment, I was actually more upset that he didn't stop it before the second round than when he actually did stop it. Because when Moutinho... And Moutinho didn't even sit on his stool in the first round. Which, by the way, I saw some media members like chastising Moutinho's corner, like do some research on the fighter. Moutinho doesn't sit down. Like he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't sit down. This is what he does. He stands there. He gets the water poured on his head. Gets fired up. That's how he does it. There are fighters who do that all the time. But and it's funny that a lot of the people who had such who had no issue with this or thought that this was a terror was a great stoppage. Like, was okay with Calvin Cater being punched in the face 500 times in January. Like, and not really... I mean, he would throw a shot here and there. But I don't see much of a difference between the two. Like, this... The the, the striking discrepancy was worse in the Calvin Cater-Max Holloway fight. But that was okay? He Calvin Cater's okay to, quote-unquote, earn that ass-whooping? When Chris Moutinho isn't okay earning that ass one for 27 more seconds? Like... Come on, like it was getting hairy. He earned the right to try to get to that final horn, and I agree with you. Like it's not Herb Dean's responsibility to be like, "Oh man, I'll give him twenty seven more seconds." Am I up in arms about the stoppage? No, but I thought he deserved that much, especially after saving the day on eleven days' notice to fight uh, fight John O'Malley. That's that's my opinion. I don't care. It's 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 not it's not worth arguing about. But the the fact of the matter is, the way this fight ended, the headline became. About the stoppage and not the
3: fight and not O'Malley's I, performance. I think Mutino's toughness was highlighted. I do. I, I think agree. Actually, one of the stories was was Mutino's toughness. So, uh, you know, I don't think it was totally overshadowed by the by the, st- the uh, stoppage controversy. And did you say this already that uh, Herbin was the referee for uh, Holloway Cater? Yeah, and he let it okay. go. He let the yeah. fight go. Yes, that's that's <laughs> that is, uh, and th- and this is where again, like I said, I've been critical. He's just not consistent. I think that's what's so frustrating. He's late. He's he's late. He's early. He's uh, again. He lets uh, one-sided fights go on. He lets one-sided fights not go on Um, because again, as I'm defending him and saying, well, it's not his. You know, he's not. He's not supposed to do these things in context. He's supposed to you know judge everything in a void. It does feel like he lets something like Holloway cater. uh, and this is just by the way. This is just uh, again guessing on my part. I'm not. I cannot say exactly what is like how he called this, but it. You're right. It does feel like because Holloway cater was a main event, that one was allowed to go on. But because this is a main card fight between O'Malley and a lesser known guy, that he stopped it, uh, you know, before that. So that that is very damning evidence against him <laughs> in this case. But again, for me in a void, uh, I I had I had no issue with the call. But uh, I understand the controversy. I, I it's not it is not a clear cut case at all. I'm not telling anyone like, oh, you think this is you think this uh, stoppage is controversial? You're crazy. I'm like, no, I saw reasonable arguments on both sides. The media was almost split. I saw a lot of uh, people in the media like, yep excellent stoppage herb nailed it good job and then i saw a lot of again a lot of people even on our own site we were we were split on it we were split on like was this a good stop like someone thought excellent stoppage was like dumbest stoppage i've seen like <laughs> this year and i'm like there's kind of cases like there's a lot of hyperbole in the moment there's kind of cases for both so um yeah for me okay but uh yeah controversy definitely warranted yes yeah
2: i mean there's just something to looking at a tapology page and seeing decision next to it oh than Did, third round TKO because like just, a, a lot of people like will even forget about the context of the actual sure,
3: fight. Sure, Mike and Mike, not just that. I, <clears throat> excuse me, not just that. If if anyone has a right to be furious, it's betters. Absolutely, this is why I don't gamble on MMA because I don't. That, those who I really don't blame for being mad. Like if you were financially invested in this fight and had again, uh, you know, uh, O'Malley by decision versus O'Malley by TKO. If you're a Mali by 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 t- a knockout guy, you're through the, you're, you're through the moon. You're like you're probably sweating it. You're like, who the hell is Mutino guy? How is this fight even allowed? This guy's not human. Why was I even allowed to bet on a knockout? This guy is not going down. Uh, and then suddenly, you, miraculously, with less than thirty seconds left in the fight, you're throwing your ticket in the air and then and cashing in. Uh, and and if you're on the other side of it and you're like, oh yes, I listened to Mike Heck. Mike Heck knew this would go the distance. I I put my mortgage on uh, Mutino going the distance. <laughs> You're shredding your ticket up. You're you're writing an angry DM at Mike Heck. So uh, yes, if anyone, anyone has a justification for being upset with what happened with Herb Dean and what happened there, it is betters who said um, O'Malley by decision. That hurts. Yeah, I'm trying
2: that to hurts. see. Faster.
3: Don't bet on MMA. <laughs> Don't bet on MMA. This is a stupid. You're you're you are putting your money in the hands of individuals that are just completely. It's just chaotic. Do not bet on MMA, please. I can't
2: find—like, I can't find—I I would love to see what the odds were of that fight going to decision. It had to have been the plus four figures. Yes. No doubt certainly, about it.
3: Certainly higher than uh, by O'Malley by knockout.
2: So moving on to the actual winner of the fight, because that is the oh, basis yes. of the oh, program. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, O'Malley, <laughs> Sean O'Malley gets the win. <laughs> he, he mentioned a lot of names in his post-fight speech. Ultimately, I think—he I mean, he was all over the place. I believe, like, the actual call-outs and he even sort of doubled down on this in this post-fight scrum, the call-out was Rob Font, officially. Does he get that fight? And if not,
3: who should he get? Did he call him Font Rob by accident? I or thought he called him Fob Ront. Fab Ront. Fab Ront, where be. are you at? I think that's yeah, what, he, I, what he said. It, it, which is totally possible because, again, it's just like, you know, you are you're just want to fight, your adrenaline's still pumping, you're just kind of shouting out names and you know, we we get words salad in our head sometimes. So uh, either way, but yes, obviously he met Rob Font. I I think that's a little too high for him. But I've been like this with O'Malley every time. I think I think you could probably isolate in every episode uh, every time we talk about O'Malley. I think that's too high for him. I think that's too high for him. It's probably a a a, a catchphrase at this point. So I'm going with a fight that I thought would have been cool to see as the replacement, um, and uh, it will be even better if both guys can have a full camp. And can actually take place at Bantamweight. I love the Ricky Simone Sean O'Malley matchup. I love it. I love it. I think it's the right. I have Simone uh, slightly ahead of O'Malley in my rankings. I think O'Malley. I, I just don't want to rush him. I don't see the need to rush him into these high uh, fights with more veteran opponents. So uh, Simone is a more veteran opponent, but uh, like in terms of UFC experience, you know, not too different. So give me give me that O'Malley Simone fight. I'm 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 into it. I'm waving my magic matchmaker wand here, and whatever needs to be done to make it happen, I think that's the one. So I'm going to
2: bounce around a little bit here because let me just say that I thought the call out of Rob Font was absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. Why? Because Sean O'Malley is a very relaxed guy, very chill. You know, he likes to likes to dabble in in the devil's lettuce, so to speak. But the man is very smart. He watches everything. He watches interviews, he knows what fighters are thinking. And there's no doubt in my mind that he watched my interview with Rob Font after he beat Cody Garbrandt. And what Rob Font said when I asked him about, you know, because of the interesting spot he's in in this division, what are your thoughts on a fight with Dominic Cruz? said he wasn't interested in that, said he'd be more interested in fighting Sean O'Malley than fighting Dominic Cruz. Yes, he knows that would be a massive step back in the rankings, but I think he un- Rob understands the amount of buzz that Sean O'Malley brings to the table. So I think he saw that. was like, hmm, here's an opportunity. Rob said my name. I'm going to go on and say his name. So good on him. I like the call-out. I thought it was a perfect call-out. No doubt about it. The fight I like the most, that makes the most sense, is the Cody Garbrandt fight. Because it appears the plan is Garbrandt is going to go to 125. But I think this would... Not only be the best option for O'Malley, I think this is the best option for Garbrandt. Like, he's not getting a title shot at 125. Like, even going down there, he'll get maybe a top five flyweight, like, but no buzz. It's just like, cool. Cody Garbrandt's fighting at 125. Like, maybe, you know, maybe throw him in there with like a Tyson Nam or something. Like, it's just a fun fight. But a fight with Chad O'Malley, would definitely be the fight that would bring him the most eyeballs right now in his career, right? Like, so that's what I would do. Like, I think Garbrandt is nuts for not jumping on this opportunity because he goes down to 25. Like, cool, you've lost like three or four fights in a row, like, and, and none of them were close. Like, what are we doing here? Like, you need to try to get back. And here's the thing: if you go out there and you beat Sean O'Malley, you can go down to 125 and get an immediate title shot. You got your swagger back. You got your stock. Boosted back up if you beat Shot O'Malley, you can go down to 125 and get that title shot, which I didn't think he should have gotten against Figueroa to, be, to begin with. But at least he's like back in that same position. The graces are are, are back to the good, so to speak. So I think Garbrandt's nuts. He should be on social media right now and be like, "Dude, I was gonna go to 25, but I'm gonna smack this O'Malley kid in the face." Like that's what you need to say. He won't do that, so I'm with you, AK. If you can't do Garbrandt, which is the fight that makes more sense than anything else, you do the Ricky Simone fight, another, another fight that was built on what the heck. Because I asked Simone about Sean O'Malley a while back, and he goes, Dude, what a silly question. Sean O'Malley would never take that fight. He would never fight me. Classic. And then the opportunity rolls along, and it doesn't happen. I understand the fight was never offered at 135. Like Simone was like, I'll take it, but it's got to be 145, mm-hmm. which is fine. But yeah, full camp, O'Malley versus Simone, I'm down.
3: Uh, yeah, Garbrandt probably would have my second choice. I, I don't know why. I think I've talked myself into them, them really being committed to him going to 125. But like you said, they shouldn't be. There's no reason to make a a hard decision on this. You can always reverse course. He can clearly make 135 without issue, uh, Cody Garbrandt. So uh, yeah. So if, if this does get officially floated their way, uh, the O'Malley fight. Yeah, it it makes so much sense for it to happen. But again, in my mind, I'm already sort of thinking for Garbrandt uh, in my head that he's now uh, going to be part of the flyweight division. So probably why I passed on that. But yeah, again, a lot of listeners uh, love the Garbrandt matchup as well.
2: Let us now head to the wild card round, AK, where we will select one fighter that competed on Saturday night that we have not match made for yet, and we will do so right now. So AK, I think I already know where you're going with this. I will tell you that I did not also go with the guy who I think you're going with, but uh, who's your wild card pick coming out of UFC 264?
3: listen, obviously uh, I would have picked uh, Ryan Hall. Um, Unfortunately, that fight, as we know, uh, did not happen. Uh, uh, You know, it was was only an 11-fight card on Saturday, uh, the fight, if uh, I recall, I took us to play C, uh, picking up an incredible knockout of Trevin Giles in the second round, and then uh, just sort of, a, a blackness sort of uh i think we all sort of suffered a collective uh, f- uh perhaps went into a collective fugue state um and then what was supposed to be ryan hall versus ilio Tapuria i just i don't recall it even happening and then uh before i knew it michelle Pereira and nico price were walking out so really again a shame it's been so long since we've seen ryan hall fight hopefully he gets back in there sometime <laughs> uh, uh ilio Tapuria is a great fighter it's a shame again he didn't get to fight yesterday uh you know so Best wishes to both guys. Maybe they rebook that for another time, and and uh, we can actually talk about Ryan Hall having a fight. Because again, we just didn't get to see it on Saturday. Uh, but uh, so my my option my uh, my other option is of course my favorite my other favorite uh, MMA iconoclast Michelle Pereira, DeMolador. We got to get this guy another fight. He's won three straight. He's won three straight. People, guy, look, I get it. Uh, people can say they don't like the kinder, gentler, more reserved, less flippy dippy uh, Michelle Pereira he's producing results okay he gave you a little flip yesterday he gave you a blatantly illegal <laughs> <laughs> flipping kick to the face he was not trying to kick him in the face for, for the record uh he clearly has uh, has done this kind of guard pass before and i'm not being sarcastic by the way he has done this kind of guard cast uh, guard pass before uh and you know i think obviously intended to land with the feet maybe on the chest shoulders or, which would also be legal uh or uh probably by the side of his head so it's an illegal move i mean you, it, it's not a move you can control he shouldn't be allowed to do it because the chances of, hit, of kicking the downed opponent is like 80 percent. like it's, it's really high should not be allowed um but uh a uh, referee i think it was a referee mark smith was <laughs> i was watching in the replay mark smith his eyes were almost like bulging like oh like i think he was too surprised to even kind of consider like wait was that legal like it was just so shocking so uh you, look he's one three straight uh i want to give him he's still not ready for like a top 20 top 25 guy that's just not where i have him he just hasn't had a big big enough win yet i think a win with uh, a fight with uh, muslim Salakov, the king of kung fu is in order another super exciting fighter Uh, another guy who i think is again sort of just right on that cusp of top 30 top 25 and can really fly up the rankings with a signature win um so i think you put those two together and you can't lose you get an entertaining fight you get a guy uh you know getting closer to possibly being a legitimate contender and uh uh, yeah the fans would love it so uh, michelle Pereira, muslim Salakov.
2: yes i knew you're going with Pereira and let me just say let let me let me just correct the records and social media likes to lie um one person pretty much put it out perfectly like this is MMA this is MMA from like a fan base level People obviously were all excited for the Pereira versus Nico Price fight, and I said my hot take was this would not be the all out circus barn burner that everyone mm-hmm. thought
3: it was going to be. And you hated this match. You hated this matchup.
2: No, I love. I thought it was going to be great. I said it was going to be a very this good fight.
3: Be Derek Lewis. The, you said this will be the welterweight version of Derek Lewis versus Francis Gun. Yeah, I that's what somebody that said yours.
2: on social media. He goes. Yeah. He goes. <laughs> yeah. Too bad Mike Heck thinks it's going to be in Gano versus 2.0. Mike,
3: you implied. like you might not have said it. You implied it. You implied it.
2: I want you to go back and listen to my words. I said it was going to be a very good fight. I said it was not a lock for fight of the night, and I was right about that because it should have been. It Did not win fight of the night. No, it shouldn't have been. <laughs> it was. It was still a fun fight. It was. It was. It was very good. I just didn't. Pe- people thought it was going to be two two dudes like drawing a spray painting a little square in the middle of the octagon. The two guys are just going to stand in there and. And just smash each other for 15 minutes. That's not what happened. I thought I said we're going to see a little bit more of a technical fight, and that's what we got. But looked look good. He had his backflip, super illegal, like you said. And uh, there you go. It was it was a very good fight. It was uh, it just wasn't the sloppy madness that a lot of people were hoping for. So I don't know what card you watched last night, but the card I watched had Ilya Tepori on it. A.K. the man who may have may or may not have given you nightmares.
3: Uh, oh, hold on, sorry, Mike. My, you know, Mike, my headphones. I think they're going out. But keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure the listeners can hear you. I'm gonna fix. I'm gonna fix this. Just go ahead with your with your wild card. Yes. Here, okay. I'll, 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 yeah. I'll fix this in a second. Yes.
2: He stopped Ryan Hall in the first round. Uh, Ryan Hall's tricks uh, were, were solved by one Ilya Teporia, and this guy's the real deal. I've been telling you this guy's the real deal for a while. I wanted to throw him right in there with Andre Feely after the win over Damon Jackson. I can't even begin to tell you, AK, how many people. Jumped into my DMs after that pick, and they were like, that is a bridge too far, Mike. Why would you throw him in there with Andre Feely that quickly? So I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and not do that this time. I'm not going to throw him in there with Andre Feely and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot him up even higher, AK. I am ready to give Ilya Teporia a tough 15 fighter, and I want to see him in there with somebody that can do it all. A guy who's big for the weight class, powerful, technical, can strike, can wrestle, can grapple. And it'd just be a really interesting fight. I'm all in on Taporia versus Shane Burgos, AK. That is the fight. That's what I want to see. I know Burgos had a, a tough stoppage loss to Edson Barboza. Things got a little hairy, but you know, I talked to him not long after that. He was cleared to compete pretty much. So I think we will see Shane Burgos by the end of the year. And I think that is the fight we should do. In December, final pay per view of the year. Either feature prelim, main card opener, Burgos versus Taporia.
3: Hello, oh Mike, hi. Oh Mike, sorry, I got my. Yeah, I got my. Uh, I think my headphones are back. I caught the last bit of that. You said Tapuria, so you're not rebooking the Tapuria Hall fight that didn't happen. You just want to move on and just give Tapuria of Shane Burgos instead. Is yes, that correct. Yes, if that's oh, okay. if that's okay. what you heard. That's yeah, yeah. No, you, that's, you obviously I, watched something I,
2: like, different than I did, so you obviously. No, no that listen,
3: that makes sense. Uh, Tapuria again is a great prospect. Uh, I never thought the Ryan Hall matchup made a lot of sense in the first place. You're right. It, maybe just maybe we just don't rebook that one. Uh, it just you know we'll just have to live with that being a lost fight. Uh, one that's never happened. And uh yeah, I love the Tapuria Shane Burgos matchup. Good call, Mike, good call.
2: Okay. Uh do we have a check the tapes? Where's do we here? have a uh no mic checks. No mic checks, thank you.
3: No <laughs> not this week. What do we got? Of course we have checked our our listeners are so good at making matchups. Uh so two that were a number of people called, great, great matchups. Uh Edson Barbosa versus Giga Chikadze for August twenty eighth. And Mackenzie Dern versus uh, Marina Rodriguez for October 9th. So a lot of listeners wanted those ones. Guys, spot on, absolutely. Uh, MMA heads coming in with a really nice deep cut. I don't recall anyone else uh, saying this one, so I'll give them, I'll give MMA heads uh, Instagram account credit. Uh, Andre Arlovski Andre Arlovski Andre Arlovsky, Andre versus I have no idea what happened to me there. Andre Orlovsky versus Carlos Felipe. That is uh, reportedly going down October sixteenth. Uh, myself. Mike, I'm I I you know I don't know how I do these things, but I nailed Bobby Green versus uh Raphael Vazeev. Uh I, did, I called this one back in December. I think I've heard people mention it since, but again, obviously Vazeev hasn't fought since, so uh, we haven't spoken about him much on the show. I think they've maybe thrown out Fazeev for some other people, but my initial call was Bobby Green, Raphael Fiziev, and that seems that sounds like it's going it's going to go down on August 7th. And I want to mention uh one that nobody called. Which I find funny because it involves uh, one Mr. Hamza Shemaev, who is apparently going to fight Li Jingliang. And I just find it funny because Shemaev was mentioned like a million times on our shows. I don't think, somehow, I don't think he was ever matched up with (laughs) uh, uh, Li Jingliang. was not one of the names thrown out there. If I'm wrong, if you're a listener out there, by the way, someone, uh, please go ahead, check the tapes yourself. If you called for this fight and I forgot, uh, let me know. I'll go back and check the DMs. I don't recall it ever coming up. Mike, maybe it came up in your DMs. I'm not sure. It doesn't sound familiar to me. So somehow, guys, uh, despite us being, you know, uh, a million uh, chimpanzees and a million typewriters, we did not come up with Li Jing Liang and uh, Hamza Shumayev. It's
2: a perfect fight. It's a really good fight. Because I think everyone was just kind of all on on the Neil Magny idea. And (laughs) (laughs) they're so nonsensical that this fight wasn't made like a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But here we are, AK. And somebody did. Check the tape, us. I, I honestly, it's so far back in my DMs, I can't find it. Uh, I was gonna shut them out. So whoever you are, just DM me again before the show next <laughs> week, and I, and I will show you what, I promise. I just don't have the time to. to oh, they're gonna be back. angry. They're gonna uh, be angry.
3: Shall we go to the peeps? You want to give the yes. uh, the rule set? Standard disclaimer. I have an extra disclaimer this time too. Oh. Standard disclaimer, guys. Please, we try to emphasize winners unless they were in the main event or title fight. Uh, we we're usually try to stick to mentioning unique matchups just to save time. Please, guys, when you're making these matchups, check if a fighter is already booked. Sometimes I see we'll just throw a name out there and it sounds like they don't know that the person's booked. You may have just made a mistake regarding weight class. The guys might have fought recently already. Uh, someone who's just been injured for a long time, etc. And, uh, of course, most importantly, the golden rule. Your pick might just be doo-doo, and we do not want to read it. I have an extra disclaimer this week, Mike, because this guy's name came up both for uh, Pereira and uh, Max Griffin. Uh, Jeff Neal was a popular name coming up. You, you probably see a lot in, in your message as well. Guys, for now, please... I have to, have to give this warning again later. Please stop making fights for Jeff Neal. Uh, he is dealing with a pretty serious health condition. We don't know when he's going to come back. All we want is for Jeff Neal, you know, to get healthy. Uh, such a promising guy at 170. Um, he hasn't provided, at least on social media, any updates on uh, since his sort of last post, where he was very open about uh, sort of the health issues he's dealing with. So I understand. I understand the excitement, guys. I want to see Jeff Neal back in there against some of these guys. But let's just not, you know, it. it, it the any matchup with Jeff Neal is strictly hypothetical. I guess all of these are, but more so than others. Because, again, we just don't know where his, he might not be back down next year. We just don't know how much time off he plans to take or, or needs to take. So get well, Jeff Neal. Um, but we just, you know, maybe might, might not mention him on the show for a while.
2: Yes, well said. Well said. Um, I'm going to fire right through these uh, Instagram DMs. Thank you for all these. Uh, Poppy underscore Bryant. Bryant Chambers. wildcard pick Teporia versus Alex Caceres. Shad O'Malley versus the loser of Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz, Arnie Aldana versus GDR. I wouldn't hate it if they made it, but I don't think she deserves that. Tuivasa versus Sakai or Ospinal, Burns versus Covington. Give Edwards his rematch. Let those two fight for their. Since they're, they both have losses to Usman. And they were both recent. There we go. Okay. And then Poirier versus Oliveira. That seems to be the obvious one. So anything Poirier versus Oliveira or title shot, I'm just ignoring at this point because that's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ronan Murphy. I always like when there's explanations. Sean O'Malley should fight Cody Garbrandt because he's become a big star, but is now deserving of a high ranked opponent. If I were the UFC matchmakers, I would want to keep giving him the best fights for him stylistically. And I think Garbrandt fits that perfectly because he's a chinny boxer. Ooh, Ronan. All right. Spicy. Uh, Chris Patino should definitely get another fight. He's earned it, so why not John Castaneda? Let me just say this. If The one thing I really like about the UFC that they've done over the last few years is built this UFC PI and brought in the, the correct people uh, to, to help make this happen and, and create plans in a healthy way for fighters to you know, go down a weight class or, or cut weight comfortably. Chris Boutinho, you know, can compete at 135 if needed. I'd like to see him at 125. He's fought at 125 before. He's clearly... I mean, just... O'Malley's a big 35-er, but he just looked like... He looked... He was two weight classes down. He looked like a, sure. a straw weight in there with Sean O'Malley. So I'd like to see him get to 125 if he could do it healthy. Um, Ronan Watts-Eldana versus GDR. There we go. Uh, so Tuivasa, what a legend. Uh, he should fight Tom Aspinall. In an ideal world, Leon should get the next shot in Covington versus Burns, but that... But it isn't, so that fight won't happen. <laughs> Leon would probably turn down the birds fight, so maybe Kiesa, uh, if he beats Luke, A. yes. And then he goes Poirier title shot, I guess. McGregor retire.
3: Man. I saw some of that. I saw some of that.
2: Some of that. Uh, Brandon Nunez, DG Brandon, two ends. Taporia versus Mavzar Evloev. Nico Price versus Nicholas Dalby. Perreira versus Tim Means, AK. I think that's. I like that fight.
0: Yeah, I don't know
2: why I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I love it. O'Malley versus Asunso. Try to rebook that, I guess. Uh, Tuivasa versus Harris. There you go. Wonderboy versus the winner of Leech versus Hamza. That's actually a pretty good idea. That's
3: actually a really good idea. Yes, that's good thinking. That's good thinking. Who's who's this? Brandon Nunez? Brandon Nunez. Brandon Nunez, well done.
2: I actually don't mind Wonderboy versus Michelle Beherter either.
3: I don't mind Michelle Pudetta versus anyone, really. Let's be honest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Burns, Burns versus Bilal Muhammad. And then uh, he called him uh, Dusty. Burns versus Bilal Muhammad. Okay. That's not a bad idea. I don't no, think it'll happen. You know, hashtag Ali Abdelaziz, but Right. You know, unless it's for a title. And then he said <laughs> Diamond Man versus Olive Man. Uh, Evan Rodriguez, Taporia versus Duwadu. Great scrap. Winner gets ranked. Bejeda versus Santiago Panzanibio. Yes. Like that one? Yes. Uh Zumagulov versus Jeff Molina. That makes sense after the. the he called him out, break. right? He called him out. He called out he Molina, and then he said the guy who fought a Chinese guy in his UFC debut. So it's got to be Jeff Molina.
3: Presumably Jeff Molina. All right, fair enough. <laughs> uh,
2: O'Malley versus Jack Shore, a.k.a. O'Malley deserves to fight ranked, but I just like making fun matchups, and this one sure is. That's a really interesting fight right there.
3: So, uh, sorry, my 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 speak up for a second. What was that? What was that? O'Malley versus Jack Shore. Oh wow! Uh, again, uh, pro- probably uh, too little, not you know well known enough for O'Malley to take it. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, fun matchup.
2: And stylistically, not one that is aesthetically pleasing for one shot O'Malley uh <laughs> max griffin versus tim means each are on three fight streaks makes a lot of sense oh we have a check the tapes from evan i got arlovsky philippe back when arlovsky beat sharon so Ooh, there you go okay there.
3: all right so evan uh, mayheads and who's this again
2: uh brandon Nunia or oh, that was evan rodriguez evan rodriguez and mayheads well done uh our man aussie underscore dad underscore bloke robbie ryan who wished us good afternoon to the mma podcast kings oh hello UFC 264 is done, and so is Conor McGregor. On oh to the next God. ones. Listen Jeez. to – wow. I didn't Marcilous. even see this. one. Michelle Pajeda versus Tony Ferguson.
3: He'd look – Ferguson's not a small, lightweight. I get it, and I know we've been talking about him going up to a welterweight for a while. Pajada is huge. He he'd, he'd looks so much bigger than Tony Ferguson. I, I don't know how I feel about that.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, it would just be wild. It, it, it just the mere thought of that makes me think. But yeah, for, and Ferguson has
3: been taking a lot of damage. Like I know people think Pedra is like, oh, he's become this technical. Pedra can can really mess people up. Like I know he's become more technical, and he hasn't had a knock on his last couple of fights. It's not for lack of trying. He he is re, he hits super super hard.
2: Uh, he also likes O'Malley versus Frankie Edgar, Greg Hardy versus some nobody on a fight pass undercard uh, <laughs> title fight. McNugget Nate three, and then he said, uh, "Drkis Duplessis is a problem at 185." So, uh, I would agree. Uh, yeah. Our friend Francesco, our big fan from Italy, uh, he's only going prelims. A.K. Okay, Griffin he versus you.
3: to passed partying hard, getting ready for the uh, World Cup. He's got, you know he had to go to bed early to get ready for the World Cup. He's also smart. Uh, Euro Cup, excuse me. That's I'm sorry. I'm such a I'm such a <laughs> soccer guy.
2: He's also smart because uh, he knows that chances are when his gets red, we probably already used a lot of his, a lot of the picks. So, sure. uh, Max Griffin versus James Krause, uh, Taporia versus Danny gay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, do plus versus Zach Cummings, Jennifer Maya versus Andrea Lee, Brad Tavares versus Luke Rockhold. I like that one. Uh, Zuma Guloff versus Molina. We already said that one. And then, uh, price versus Dalby fun fight. Wow, Owen Carroll comes through. Matchmaking for everyone. Jerome Rivera, then he used a picture of a pair of scissors. Um, That's just mean. P- poor Jerome Rivera. He is getting cut, by the way. I,
3: but yeah, I mean, that's sort of the reality of it.
2: Uh, he likes Tavares versus the winner of Kevin Holland versus Kyle Dacus. Uh, Wow, he even did all the losers. Ekmedov versus Muniz. Maya versus Calderwood. I versus Jillian Robertson. Duplessis versus either Christoph Jocko or Edmund Shabazian. Giles Buckley, Taporia Caceres, Hall Pineda, Pajeda Salakoff, he's with you on that one. Price Morono, Griffin Chaos Williams is fun. Uh, Carlos Conde versus Mike Perry, Okay.
3: I feel like this has come up on previous shows. I have no interest in that whatsoever, but I feel like this has come up quite a few times. Uh,
2: Sean O'Malley versus Rob Font, Moutinho Quinonez, Aldana Durandami, Kunitskaya Avila, Avassa Harris, Hardy Lins, Burns Edwards, Thompson Mazadal. which I actually don't mind that fight either. Uh, and then kind of the obvious ones, McGregor Diaz, Poirier, Charles Oliveira. What else we got? I'll try to rifle through these real quick. Some of you guys, like, just you drop in matchups one at a time. It, I, don't do that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> are, are they? In your, are they doing this in your DMs, or are they? Yeah, doing this? they'll do like. Okay.
2: Yeah, they'll do, after every fight they'll they shoot an idea, which is listen. Do do what you do. Um, I prefer if you do it just like one fell swoop. It's easier. Uh, Zumagulov versus Sum Sumiderji, A lot of Zumagulov love. I like to see that uh, after that great submission win. Uh, he also Christian. This is Christian Lee, by the way. Pronounce spell. Brad Tavares might have the best takedown defense at 185. Tavares versus the Gaslam Cananeo losers. What he would like to see: Duplessis versus Eric Anders, um, Connor versus whoever comes out of the most hyped, uh, uh, hype out of a hypothetical Gaethje versus Chandler fight.
3: I would love to see McGregor and Gaethje still. I just think it's, it's such a money fight. I just don't. I feel like we're so far from it right now, though.
2: I would agree. Uh, Matt Ravelli, want Taporia versus Danny Ige or the loser of Chikadze versus Barboza. Max Griffin put out a hell of a performance. I think Max Griffin versus Miguel Baeza would be a fight that he would like to see. That's, that's not a bad one. Uh, Jack Porter, Tuavasa versus Blagoj, Ivanov, Mutino versus Normaga Madoff because why not? Come on now going to throw Chris Moutinho in there with Nurmagomedov? I saw some questionable
3: Moutinho uh, matchups. Yeah, I'll, I'll get some of those too. Yeah. And look, I mean, good. For, hey, people, people are talking about him. Yeah.
2: Oh, 100%. 100%. This is the best. I mean, you don't want to take 230 punches, but this is probably like the best case scenario for, for Chris Moutinho. 75 G's, baby. Hell yeah. Positive. Oh, by the way, if you didn't see it on Twitter, uh, Moutinho is good to go, man. Cleared all of his scans of the hospital. Um he was released, went in there, got scanned, all clear, oh, and then went back. And uh, I check was told that the, the 75 G's softens the blow, so to speak, or I the 230 a, want, of them.
3: No, I want a second opinion. <laughs> uh,
2: another Ponsonibbio Pereira and another uh, Taporia Shane Burgos. Uh, where did you go? What happened? We'll try that again in a minute. Mike, what's wrong? I don't know. Have, I, 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 I opened you lost one your, and it's it, have you lost it's messages? not popping up. Uh, we'll go to Will. Hey, Will. Tuavasa Ivanov, Burns, Edwards, O'Malley, Stamen. Okay. Uh, also, I know this is two fighters on losing streaks, but McGregor versus Ferguson would be fun. Yeah, I don't know, Kyle Thomas. Yeah. You had a you had a message.
3: I know people want to see uh, McGregor and Ferguson for a while. I I think the ship has sailed. Again, one of those matchups. If it was booked, certainly I wouldn't complain. Uh, not 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 something I'm, I'm uh, campaigning for, guys. Sorry, I'm not I'm not with the, with some of the listeners on that one.
2: Yeah, uh, t- uh, Tr- Tristan and uh, Maybe he sent you an
3: email, okay? Because for some reason. No. I did. I, I did. Uh, let me check. No, I did not. It's
2: no. very. Yeah, I don't know. It's on vanish mode. Like I. I don't know. For some reason, like his is the only one that popped up in like n- in like night mode, and then like the message was there, and then it's like gone now. So, uh, Tristan, you're the man. We appreciate you. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> and then we got to go to Patrick Austin. Uh, Taporia versus Andre Feely or Bryce Mitchell. Tavares versus Gasolim. Paeta needs to be a middleweight, and that kick was illegal. You can't kick a downed opponent in the face, regardless if you do a backflip before. That is a sentence in MMA, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and that's it. I believe that is the final selection. Let me just go back in one more time. Uh, yep, that's it.
3: On to you, AK. Illegal, but uh, but fun. No, Mike. I mean, Super are we fun. all in agree? Are we all in agreement that that, that move is pretty sick?
2: Can we just say that if that move didn't happen, that I'm like
3: 100% correct on oh, how I predicted God. that? Oh my God! Oh Lord! Why did I? Why did I bring it up? Like, why I'm, did I'm, I bring it up? Go back and listen to my words and tell me I'm no. wrong. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, I believe uh, Sean Alshadi from our site added that uh, jumping stomps to a da- some of the effect of jumping stomps to a down opponent should be legal if you do a backflip into it. Which I <laughs> there we go. That is the addendum. That's the addendum that needs to be made in the next uh, rules meeting. Yeah. Hey, look. I, I, not a lot of people can do that. All right. So if you can do it, I think you should be rewarded, not punished. Um, sorry. Yes. All right, Mike. So I've got uh, again, I'm gonna, uh, obviously going to have some overlap here. Also, I just got some late submissions, it's just some people coming in. So I'm going to screen these uh, very quickly. Uh, sorry, guys. You might just be too late. I might not mention you. Uh, <laughs> it happens. We've got to be real here. Sorry, guys. We have a, a deadline that we an indeterminate deadline. So, uh, yes, the uh, most popular matchups, Poirier Oliveira, McGregor-Diaz three, McGregor-Diaz three, and McGregor versus Doge Daniels were about neck and neck. So I think people are down for either of those. Burns versus Masvidal was a more popular pick than Burns versus Edwards. Uh, Thompson versus Muhammad. Yep, that people really liked that one. Uh, and Tuivasa versus sirkai was was the most uh, mat, uh, more popular matchup for Bam Bam. Uh, two, again, about equal, the support for them. Aldana versus uh, GDR and Aldana versus the... Uh, Lad, uh, Jason, winner, as you mentioned. O'Malley versus Cruz was actually the most popular uh, O'Malley suggestion I saw. Uh, I don't know if it's because people aren't as uh, hyped on the Garbrandt matchup, which several mentioned, or if they're like me and they're kind of like, isn't he going to fly weight? I mean, you know, can we even matchmaking for him at, on 135 anymore? Uh, Griffin, I saw thrown out, yeah, Baeza, Nicholas Dalby, Chaos Williams. And uh, Ponzanibio was the most popular choice for Michelle Pereira, though there, there was some uh, Salakov support as well. Uh, a bunch of people just said, just put Tavares and Duplessis in there together. They both won on Saturday, match them up. Uh, Toporia, again, a lot of support for all three. I, I, none of them stood out. Uh, Toporia versus Burgos, uh, Sodi Youssef, or Dan Ige. A lot of Toporia talk for, again, a guy who didn't even fight on Saturday. So, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Uh, my uh, big most popular pick was the uh, Jessica Andrade, Cynthia Calvillo winner, September 25th. And another pop, and another popular pick for Tavares was uh, Andre Muniz. Uh, for and for Zuma Gulab, a couple of people said him and Bruno Silva. So there we go. So good for Zuma Gulab to get some buzz. All right, let's go to the emails first. Here, I got a couple of I got a couple of doozies, Mike. I got a couple of doozies. Uh, first, I'm going to read one from Robert Miller. It says he's been a big show of the sh- uh, big. F- <laughs> I'm, I'm on fire already. Robert Miller via email says I'm a big fan of the show since it started. Want to start submitting so picks. And uh, he, he's, he he acknowledges the disclaimer. and says, I apologize if any of my picks are doo-doo and you don't want to read them. Robert, it's your first time. I'm going to read all your picks. <laughs> uh, Tui Vasa versus uh, uh, Romanov. Uh, he says, great fight to get one of these men at the top of Dean. Uh, props to Tua, for Tua to knocking out um, Greg Hardy. Romanov is reportedly fighting Jared Vandera on October 9th. I think we're still working to confirm that. So uh, I, I do believe he will be booked, but um, certainly could face the winner of that fight. Especially if it's uh, Romanov. O'Malley versus Cody Stammen. Uh, it seems like the UFC wants to push O'Malley. Might as well give him a top 15 guy. I love the Simone fight. Seems like he's a high-risk, low-reward fight. If you want to take the risk, might as well get a number next to his name. Okay. He likes Toporia versus uh, Mitchell or Alex Caceres. And uh, Duplessis versus Julian Marquez. He says, Duplessis might be my favorite prospect in the middleweight division, along with uh, Mahmoud Muradov. Give him a guy like uh, Marquez, who has a popular name. Would definitely be a win will fight uh duplicy might be above this wow might be above this fight by now but i want to see him get uh one more big win he said mike you guys are doing a great job keep giving me something to listen to at work every monday thank you robert That's and our pal ren odenheimer uh gave us a very well thought out email so like another one i'll read uh though i don't like this matchup at all this is kind of what i warned about earlier in the show so he says wonderful work by everyone on the podcast helps me get through the work day Recently, Daniel White said he was surprised Greg Hardy lasted as long as he did, which sounded to me like, I think I'm ready to cut bait on this guy, but I need a reason. Well, with Hardy's loss tonight, if he's not cut right away, then there may be a great way to find out that reason while giving the UFC one more chance to make money off of him in the process. So to stay, he does stay within the rules on the next one. This is a wild card pick. Greg Hardy against another heavyweight coming off some losses who could benefit from a step down in competition to gauge if he sells has the skills to fight at the highest level. Uh, Greg Hardy, he, I'll, I'll abbreviate here a bit. Uh, Walt Harris, Greg Hardy, Walt Harris. He says, you know, uh, an added benefit is that uh, Walt is, uh, oh, sorry, kind of like you said for the Walt to Boston matchup, uh, Hardy's unlikely to wrestle. this intrigue of both men fighting for their jobs. That doesn't appeal to me. And uh, I could see this on the undercard or a pay-per-view or a rare matchup that uh, despite having no championship implications, could just des- uh, become a main event on a, a fight night card. Uh, Ren Odenheimer, thank you for the email. I hate this matchup. I don't want to see Greg Hardy fight anyone anymore, especially in the UFC. If he goes to fight somewhere else, fine. I'm just going to ignore it. I do not want to see him in the UFC anymore. Um, I do understand the thought behind this matchmaking. Mike, I don't know if that idea is a little more palatable to you, but it could lead to a really uh, a lot of ugliness. And I just
2: I <sighs> listen, I, I, I get it. I get it. They, th- this is I don't think it's more for the style. I think it's more for the Walt Harris rub and how like you wouldn't get a more bigger rub at this point in his career than beating Greg Hardy in a fight. Uh, I do disagree with one point. I think Greg Hardy would absolutely wrestle Walt Harris. I think he would take him mm. down and he would absolutely try to wrestle Walt. Especially after getting ferociously knocked out the way that he did. And he probably should have tried to take Ty down in that fight. Like I I thought his game I thought his strategy was horrendous. The only chance he had would, would be to wrestle Ty. Like that was the only chance I thought he had. And it would have been a boring fight and Greg would have got I mean, the reaction he would have gotten in Vegas if he kept trying to take Ty to a down would have been Glorious. He would have been booed out of the building. Would have been like old Memphis wrestling dudes jumping the barricade and going at, going in there after the man. So I get. I mean, I get it. I don't like it. I don't think the UFC should give Greg Hardy another shot at this point. Um, like who you get? Like who you get throw him in there? Chris Barnett. Like that's literally like the only fight that makes sense right now. If you now that Rocky Martinez is no longer on the roster, Greg Hardy versus Chris Barnett is literally the only fight that makes sense at this point for for Greg. So I think you let him go. Greg still wants to compete in combat sports. I don't know if Bellator even takes a shot at a guy like that. Um, maybe they would. Um, maybe he goes to like bareknuckle BKFC or something. Goes to gamebred, you know, fighting championships or whatever. But uh, yeah, I think I th- listen. I think at this point, like you, you, you've tried, you've tried this experiment. It's over. Like it's all over. You've given him, you've tr- given him favorable matchups. There's been DQs. There's been no contest. There's been inhaler gates. Like, enough is enough. Time to cut bait. That's it.
3: Goodbye. That is the most uh, Greg Hardy talk we've ever had in this show and the most you will ever hear. Uh, so, uh, again, I appreciate the email, but that's, that's it. Uh, that is the, all the Greg Hardy chatter for forever. Uh, I'm going to go to Instagram uh, next. Michael Conifrey. <laughs> Michael Conifrey always coming in with a funny email says, Give Tai uh, Marchant Tabura so you guys can quit talking like he's going to master class Stipe or something. Look, we have been very <laughs> supportive. <laughs> Look, we, we have just said that Tabura sh- should, the way he's fought, competed, is not far off from like a top <laughs> three opponent. He should be fighting, the, like he's almost at the level, he should be fighting some top three, top four guy. Has he not earned that yet? We're not saying he's going like, to become a champion. Uh, and then he says, hashtag Tybura, T-A-I-B-U-R-A. So excellent work, Michael Conifer. Uh, he also added that Bam Bam uh, tied, uh, tied to Evasa. Bam is going to catch case he keeps taking these shoeys from random people. Like, yeah, Tobasa, settle down, settle down. Those chewies I mean, were endearing, but my goodness, we are still in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, and then he also wants uh, uh, Burns versus Edwards uh, has and it has to be. I think we all agree that would have to be a five round fight night main event. One hundred percent. I don't know. Yeah, come on. Let's. Yeah, these guys deserve the time. Uh, Gardner Bailey coming in with. Uh uh Ed, uh, Ed, uh Duplessis versus Edmund Shabazian. Style wise, amazing stand up fight. Give Edmund a guy in the top fifteen uh while Dricus gets a name that gives him a rub. And he also likes Taporia versus Yusuf. Again, Taporia knocking on the top fifteen, uh and Sodi coming off a, a loss just and he said high level striking with an exclamation point. It would be great. Uh Matt Bradbury always coming in with like a whole card here. I'll just read some of the best ones. Um, he said uh, Maya versus Viviane Araujo. This was previously scheduled. June 27th got messed up by COVID a, a couple of times, actually. So, yeah, I'm down for that. Uh, Ryan Hall versus Damon Jackson. Michelle Pereira versus Miguel Baeza. Sean O'Malley Jeez. versus Jaune Barcelos. He also added Sean is not going to take this fight. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, like it. I like the wishful thinking. And then uh, Burns versus Edwards and Steven Thompson versus Val Mohamed just says Is Dorino the NMF champ now? No, no, I agree. Not after that he, promo. He, uh, he, what did you call it? Heilbert Hilbert. He, Hilbert Burns. No, Hilbert. he turned heel. Yeah, it's he. he it's uh, he won. He won the fight, but what did he lose in in uh, in that full fight promo? You know what I mean.
2: He's the MMF champion now. He's not the nicest MFer. He's not the baddest MFer. He's he's like the middle
3: MFer. After that promo, like he's he, he's a tweener. oh in between he's a tweener. Oh, the TMF, the tweener mother effer. Yeah, he's the t-
2: he's the TMF. <laughs> he's the TMF
3: champion. Yeah, he revoked. It. It's a, it's the same with it's the same with. I mean, well, I think Kamara Usman is the BMF, but you know, uh, the whatever. I think Masvidal and his fans are like, no, he's not the BMF. He doesn't fight like a BMF, or whatever that means. But yes, yes, heel you did not act like a nice mother effer on Saturday. That's was some very rude, very rude to the crowd in las vegas and, and to some of the other uh, people in your division uh jd felt oh sorry i gotta shout out mma heads again uh i love some of these gosh mma heads always come with some deep cuts i Aldana versus misha tate if she beats renault next weekend hmm. i like that
2: that i like that i have to wait and see okay okay, okay. i have to wait and see what kind of performance it is sure. like if she go if, if misha goes out there and like ekes out a split decision there's no way you could do that like that she might kill misha tate I, after the oh. way she fought Gosh. Okay.
3: Last fair night. Uh, O'Malley versus Jimmy Rivera. Michelle Padetta versus Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson, we have no idea where he's up to. Uh, Dracos Duplacy versus Omariac Madov and Zalgas Zumag- <laughs> Zumagulov versus David Dvorak. And I'm pretty sure they made this matchup just because I keep mixing these two guys up for no good reason. <laughs> JD JD Feltz, uh Poirier versus Oliveira. Uh, he was said uh, saying he would love if Poirier went for uh, matchup number four, uh, fight number four. With McGregor, go chase that money. But he's going with the title fight first, and uh, then he's also kind of booked some other stuff. Says Darius versus Gabe G later part of the year. Chandler versus RDA. So kind of sorting out the lightweight situation. And O'Malley versus Cheeto Vera too. Now I have been against this this rematch for a long time, Mike, but I feel like the timing might be okay for it. I don't hate it. It's 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 a back pocket fight. If you yeah. need it, it's there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um I don't think it's necessary because again, I think that uh, Cheeto's first win was convincing enough. But again, there's enough controversy there, at least from the O'Malley side of things, that you can you could absolutely book a rematch.
2: I, I you know what? And I, and, I, and again, I thought Sean O'Malley has been kind of playing things perfectly because you know pe- people had asked him during different scrums about his call outs and feeling like it's too high, and they were like he was like Cheeto fought Jose Aldo after his win against me. Mm-hmm. So why can't mm-hmm. I jump up and fight guys like sure. that? So I had no issue with that. Uh I mean if they made it fine, but I, honestly I it don't I think we will see that fight at some point and I think by the time we do see it it'll be much bigger than it is right now. I think both guys will be top 5 guys at some point and they will meet again. I don't think you need to go to that well now, but if 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 they did, I'm I'm damn sure watching
3: it. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah, it's, it's almost like uh, like we keep, how we keep bringing up McGregor versus Nate DSC Though I can think the time now is starting to tick away on that one That might not be as evergreen as it once was uh, and of course I have to shout out my uh, my my fellow GTA uh, Markham buddy Neva Kuganantham, who's coming in with uh, Connor he says <laughs> uh, If Connor does come back he likes the RDA fight uh, O'Malley versus Jimmy Rivera Taparia versus Yusuf and uh, Ty uh, He's with you Ty Tuvasa, Walt Harris. He thinks that's the way to go now, to Twitter, guys, I'm, gonna, I'm, not, I'm probably not going to read everything here. Again, it's a, it, it's a long, long list. Uh, so I'll do what I can, of course, to get all your guys' suggestions in because you guys are the best. I'll let you get so, organized real quick, AK.
2: I got to shout out sure. one guy on Twitter. Please, uh, please. Dominic at writing a blank. Uh, I think this is the first time he's contributed. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm just seeing this. But uh, he likes O'Malley Munoz, McGregor Gaichi, Tuavasa, Pavlovich, Aldana Durandami, Taporia Burgo. So thank you, Dominic, for contributing.
3: Back to you, AK. All right, uh, so I got a one first-timer on Twitter. Kevin Dwyer, he says, long-time listener, first-time picker. Uh, he just moved from Ireland to Vancouver two weeks ago and says, it now it's the appropriate time to chime in. I assume he means Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, he could mean Vancouver, Washington. If so, you know, shout-outs to... Uh, to uh, Kesa and Sixjitsu out out there, but I assume in British Columbia, uh, good old good old Canada. So uh, welcome, welcome to our country, uh, Kevin Dwyer. Uh, he just he says he likes uh, Duplessis versus the Hall Strickland loser. That's July 31st. Tuporia versus Chad Mendez. If the rumors of Chad Mendez is you know he sounds like he's getting a little antsy. He's mentioned in an interview, the possibility of a comeback. He hasn't said he's coming back. It's been mentioned. It's been mentioned. You, you, folks, you can Google it. It's been mentioned. Uh, the possibility of Tupuria and Mendez. Uh, sorry, sorry, of, M- of Mendez coming back. And if he does, I kind of like the idea of, throwing, of <laughs> using his name to give Taporia a tough test. Let's put it nicely. Uh, Griffin versus Nico Price, which is a fight for some reason. Every time it's mentioned, I feel like I thought it already happened. It has not happened before. And then uh, Sean O'Malley versus Frankie Edgar, which is a fight I actually love, even though I know... It could end in calamity for Frankie Edgar. I do think that's a cool. That'd be a cool test for uh, O'Malley. And uh, Ali Abdelaziz was campaigning for it on uh, Saturday night already. Aronsky, Aronsky. Uh, he says Duplessis versus Chabasian uh, serves two purposes: catapults Strickland into a major fight with eyes on it, gives Edmonds someone not likely to wrestle him. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 fair. Uh, ben Davison likes Duplessis versus Julian Marquez. Jerry McNulty. Coming in with duplicy versus Tom Breeze, and he had something to say about Diaz and McGregor 3. Oh, sorry, pardon me, or McGregor-Diaz 3. Uh, he said, horrible ending to the main event. It just gives McGregor an excuse in a fight he was going to lose. The only option for him is the Diaz fight or retire, and we won't have to listen to the scumbag again. Eesh. Delighted for Dustin. Hopefully he can win the title now. So, again, there, I don't know if you guys have noticed in our listeners' suggestions so far, there's been a lot of anti- anti conor Gregor sentiment. Uh, Hayes Bethard. Uh what are some of his what some of his fights I liked? Uh, Griffin versus Jake Matthews, I think is a fun option. He says Pereira versus Nate Diaz at a fight circus event in a fight with no time limits, grounded kicks and knees allowed. Now you're talking. Now you're talking my language. Tavares versus Calvin Gaslam if he loses Cannier on August 21st. I like that one. Uh, at Mighty Magic Mark came in with a lot of suggestions, but one of them he threw out there McGregor versus Jake Paul. If Jake Paul beats Tyron Woodley, I mean, it's this fight's going to happen eventually. Why not now? The money's there. Uh, Jake Paul, of course, has just been needling him all weekend. I, I, I've said it in an article we wrote recently that um, I'd be shocked if this fight never happens as well. I'll be more surprised if the fight doesn't happen than if it does end up getting booked. Ryan Doherty says uh, Maya versus Jukagian 2. Sure. Sure. Give her that chance to get past the ultimate gatekeeper. Duplessis versus uh, Meridov, Miradov, Miradov winner. That's going to be fun to say for a while. On August 28th and uh, O'Malley versus Garbrandt. So there we go. People like I said, like uh, a lot of people still want that one. Uh, JC Rodriguez. Aldana versus the Nunez Pena winner. That's at UFC 265. Tavares versus Marquez uh, Zumagulov versus Jeff Molina. Yes, he called for it. At Christian underscore D05 on Twitter. Burns versus Edwards or Covington, whoever doesn't get the title shot. Makes sense. Uh, Toporia versus Andre Feely. Toporia, did you mention that one already, Mike?
2: Toporia Feely? Mm. Yeah, I think we threw that out there at some point. That was my pick after
3: his last win, too. Very popular one. And he says uh, he's a huge fan of the di- uh, huge Diamond fan. He wishes to end a bit more definitively. He's the best lightweight in the world, no doubt. Uh, listen. Uh, people, if you haven't seen it, check out the MMAFighting.com global rankings that were released this week. Uh, we do have Dustin Poirier at the top. Some some people voted, maybe one person voted for Charles Oliveira. It's this guy. All right, I'll reveal it. If you guys saw the <laughs> rankings, who voted for Charles Oliveira? It's this guy. He's the best lightweight in the world. But Dustin Poirier certainly could be uh, if they if they fight each other. Four Corner Sports NY with a couple of good ones. Uh, Mutino versus Miles Johns. Miles Johns is fighting uh, Anderson Dos Santos next weekend. but And then Davey Grant. Why? Why throw him in there with Davey Grant? Come on, guys. Stop it. <laughs> uh, and O'Malley versus uh, Rafael Asensio, who was supposed to fight O'Malley's buddy, uh, Carla Phillips, but unfortunately that fight uh, is not is not happening because Asensio got injured. So, yeah, certainly possible. Marcus McGahey has dubbed this on to the next one, the Lafayette edition. Uh, he's coming in with I like uh, Pereira versus Alizu Zaleski. Uh, Max Griffin versus Worley Alves, sure. Zuma Gulov versus JP Bays And uh, O'Malley, ver- I li- this is one, another one of my choices I would have had, uh, O'Malley versus Song Yadong if he beats Casey Kenny. So good choices there. Uh, I don't think we've mentioned this yet. If we have, I paused it, if I missed it. But Thomas Collins likes uh, Tuivasa versus Bozer. I think that'd just be good ridiculously fun. <laughs> Topuri vs. Burgos says, Ilya deserves a ranked fighter, uh, taking for, oh, no, you know what? Sorry, he's talking about a fight that didn't happen again. Never mind, skipping this, skipping this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he says, I'd like to suggest Sean O'Malley's 10 next fights, just have him versus any MMA fighter that is six and 6-3, not currently in the UFC. Let's just repeat this over and over again, see how many uh of the nights and fight of the nights the UFC wants to award him. Let's, all right, people, let's not get carried away here. All right, listen, I get it, I get it. We don't love Sean O'Malley's matchmaking. And uh, uh, Mike, I don't even remember if Thomas Collins is the one who's kind of had some dispute over us not crediting him or you not crediting him for a uh, check the tapes pick. Oh, is this this is Thomas this, half point Collins, this, right? This is. I, didn't we end up giving him the full point by the end? Didn't we take a half point from someone else and I, give him the full point? Yeah, I, I ended up giving him the full point
2: just because it's a well thought <laughs> out argument. But he might lose it now if he a, has something to say
3: here. He just wants to remind us. Matchnell, <laughs> Matchnell versus Alex Perez did get rebooked, so he's already calling the winner of that. To fight Askar Askarov. he says the <laughs> saga the saga continues. He is not letting go of this thread. Uh, Semi casual MMA. First of all, congratulating me for winning back to back between the links, uh, winning a, a singles match, pinning the tag team champion uh, Jed Mishu, and then taking his t- his and Fernando Prach's title. Uh, uh, no, I didn't do it alone. Kristen King, shout outs the King and I, the tag team champs right now. Uh, he likes Tavares versus the Allen. Soriano winner. He says he was he was uh, not impressed with uh, Tavares' performance, and uh, the winner of that fight is more than deserving of a ranked opponent. Tavares needs to do more to get a top 10 middleweight. He's been around forever, but it does feel like he's always just knocking on the door, not quite getting it. And uh, Duplessis versus Anders. Both fighters, just on the edge of the rankings, winner would get a top 15 opponent. Uh, Liam Perry had a ton, but I loved what he wrote about uh, McGregor, Diaz three, and Burns Edwards. Um, he says... Poirier uh, well first I said Poirier versus Oliveira, and I was always a big McGregor fan since he made it big but he's been and since he made it big he's been an idiot tonight he showed what kind of man he really is hard to match for him in the sense but we don't know how badly he's injured yet uh, Diaz has to be the fight that makes the most sense right I, it's definitely up there and for uh, Burns says welterweight is a minefield at the moment nobody knows what's happening with Usman Colby is Leon going to wait risk someone jumping over him I think Leon versus Burns Leon wins then he's next for certain Burns may still need one more before a title fight, unless Colby beats Usman. Uh, Wonder Boy versus uh, Keza Luque, loser. So thanks, Liam, for those well-thought-out comments. Just a few more to go here, guys. Uh, Barry O'Reilly had a ton, uh, which I really liked. I, w- I won't read them all. Sorry, Barry, but great suggestions. Uh, uh, Jennifer Maya versus Alexa Grasso. I I don't know if it's the right fight for Grasso now. I could see it being made. Ryan Hall versus Kron Gracie. Yes. Yes, this is this this is now we're going in the right direction. <laughs> Michelle Pereira versus uh, Daniel Rodriguez. Assuming Rodriguez uh, wins his next fight, his fight next week, he is facing a short notice opponent and presta newcomer Preston Parsons. So I love that matchup. Again, if if Rodriguez wins, uh, Max Griffin versus Shavkat Rachmanov. Just throw him to the Shavkat. Just throw him to the Shavkat tank. I I don't know. That's scary. Uh, Sean O'Malley versus Timur Valiev. O'Malley's not taking that. And by the way, I was wrong. I did read all these because they're really good. Tie to versus versus Tom Aspinall. Uh, they're probably going in different directions for now, but I, it's going to happen down the road almost for sure. And he says Conor McGregor to retire. He is done for. His trash talk is pathetic. And this is from an Irishman who was at his who was at both of his championship wins. Uh, he also wants to thank thank us for the uh, shout out two weeks ago, uh, Mike, when we discussed the Tim Means Tom Brady face comparison. <laughs> so funny uh all right we're down to our bottom uh, our top three here i guess i'd say well the last one's for really the best one ufc report he just says uh hey i've been on vacation haven't given a ton of, ton of thought to these matchups enjoy your vacation ufc report uh he just says he likes Tui Vasa, walt harris and uh, Tavares versus uh Jack Hermanson, which i hadn't thought of for some reason I don't, I don't know why that didn't occur to me i think it's a great matchup colin avery I wanted to read all these. I thought there's some great explanations here. He says, uh, uh, Poray has to fight Oliver Veronex. No discussion. And he said before on another episode Dariush versus the loser of Poray McGregor. He stands by it. But Neil versus Connor when he returns. Uh, Bern, uh, Burns versus Colby. Good number one contender fight. Give Leon the title shot. I agree. Give Leon the title shot. I know it's not happening. And uh, he says, uh, Wonderboy to Bellator. So we can see Wonderboy versus MVP. Or Wonder Boy versus Raymond Daniels, their match at uh, a WCL show, doesn't count. Uh, I would love to see that too in MMA. Uh, I saw, I believe, Nolan King, an MMA junkie, saying that Raymond Daniels might be pursuing free agency. So sorry to break your heart, Colin Avery. Uh, if uh, Raymond Daniels uh, does end up becoming a free agent, let's say his contract's not matched, and Wonder Boy ends up signing, it'll be like two ships passing, uh, and we'll have missed out on getting to see that fight uh, again. So. I like the suggestion. And Wonderboy MVP would definitely be the bomb. Let's end with Brett Mobley. CSU's Brett Mobley. I thought he had some great comments here. Uh, McGregor versus Dos Años. Uh, so RDA can retire him and make it so I never have to hear Connor's name again. Uh, he's also down with uh, hashtag Ty Brewer. Br- uh, Pereira versus James Krause. Uh, which I really like. He says, Michael uh, arguably, <laughs> Mike, arguably the best mind in MMA versus, uh, let's say, the most unconventional. <laughs> <laughs> and then here's what he had to say about uh, Ryan Hall. I may read things here that don't make sense, by the way, uh, but I have to read it. He says, Ryan Hall doesn't get a scheduled fight. He instead goes to every UFC pay-per-view and simply chills until fans start booing grappling, at which point any booing fan is offered money to fight ryan hall that's a good way to see more of ryan hall and less booing casual fans it would also kill time instead of me having to listen to uh stephen a smith <laughs> so <laughs> brett brett you are a prince that is my favorite favorite suggestion of the week i'm not talking that he also says in all seriousness uh, bryce mitchell versus ryan hall Ilya Taporia versus max holloway because because mike and this is where i have to acknowledge something that may or may not have happened saturday Tupuria, he says, should be given a chance to fight the second best best feather. <laughs> I'm, I, I hate that I mess this up. Tapuria should be given a chance to fight the second best featherweight in the world, since he just beat the best. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Mobley, go Rams! Thank you. That is that for me is that's it. That is the 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 listener selections leader right there. Uh, thank you, Brett. You really helped me get over what may or may not have happened on Saturday. <laughs> Uh, guys send your suggestions uh, to me via Twitter at Alexander Lee, on Instagram at Alexander K. K. Lee and at email alex.lee at spnation.com. Mike
2: yes at Mike Hek underscore J.R. on Twitter at M. underscore heckjr on Instagram I, I literally only have that account for the show because <laughs> I don't do anything else with it I just read DMs on on this program and that's pretty much all so UFC 264 is in the books, the 50th episode in the books. Join us next week for episode 51 as we discuss the aftermath and the fallout of UFC Vegas 31 going down at the apex in Las Vegas. Main event Islam Makachev versus Tiago Moises. Pretty interesting fight. Makachev is like probably one of the biggest favorites in a main event in quite some time. Uh, we also have the return of Misha Tate taking on the soon-to-be retiring Marion Renault in the co-main event, I believe. Uh, Matush Gamrot versus Jeremy Stevens at 155 pounds. The return of Hadolfo Vieta taking on Dustin Stoltzvis. Should be a fun fight between Billy Q and Gabriel Benitez. Ooh, Daniel yeah. Rodriguez on this card against newcomer Preston Parsons. Uh, Amanda Lamo, someone i have going very high on at 115 pounds. Taking on another fighter, I've had I've been very high on 115 pounds for a long time. And Monsterat uh, Ruiz, Khalid Great Taha fight. versus Sergey Morozov. Fight. That's a really Great good fights. fight. Uh, oh and this is an underrated card. Anderson Dos Santos like versus Miles Johns is fun. Uh, Rodrigo Nazamento versus Alan Bodeau. and we see uh, the return of Francisco Figueroa uh, against Malcolm Gordon. And remember,
3: Canada's own.
2: Well, Canada's we're supposed to see Francisco Figueroa fight jimmy flick a while back that's right and now we uh now we're here with canadian malcolm gordon looking for his first ufc win so uh that's it we are done thank you very much for checking out the program this week um we'll see you next time on ufc vegas 31 uh always remember ladies and gentlemen don't take this stuff too seriously mma is supposed to be fun we'll have more fun right here next week on on to the next one